Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKellen. Thank you for joining us for episode 83 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today, we'll be discussing chapter 9 of A Clash of Kings, Aria Takes a Pee in the Woods 3. <laughs> I summarised the chapter already. Yep, I think you've done it. So if you like what we're doing, you can please leave us a re- <laughs> That was it? Boy, that was quick. <laughs> uh, no, I guess we'll we'll talk a little more about it than that. Uh, so we're going to chat about the chapter, and we're going to try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully, we're going to provide you with some entertainment along the way. We'll summarize what's happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some reader mail. Be sure to check out the show notes. They'll provide some additional information that will be particularly handy if you're not reading along with us. How are you, McKelly? I'm doing well. Tomorrow is the uh, is the day. Oh, it's a birthday in your in, is in your my, family. My little boy turns twenty one years of age tomorrow. That's that's daft. You in you in your low thirties and all. That's I know, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a that's a big one. You know, eighteen, sixteen, thirteen. Those were big ones. Twenty one is another mm. stop and take stock of where you are in life type uh, birthday. So yeah, yeah. Did I tell you, I might have told you this last week, actually, I was in a store where you could buy alcohol and I saw they had one of those calendars that says you have to be born by this date to be able to oh, buy alcohol. Yeah, you have not told yeah. me. And, and the year was 2000. It was like, you yes. know, it was yes, it would early be. March 2000. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, kids born in 2000 <laughs> could drink. I was like, it's crazy. Yep. The guy Indeed. looked at me like, yeah, I don't have to card you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, well, like you said, I was, we, Stacey and I were rather, um, rather young when uh, we had Ethan. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be in my, no. in my early thirties, like you, uh, like you suggested, but we were indeed quite young. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, he and I kind of like, I grew yes. up because of raising him, you know, like I went from being a kid myself to being an adult. And, you know, the, the good thing about having kids that young is, you know, I'm not that far removed from playing with matchbox cars and watching cartoons and, and then a little older playing street hockey and stuff like that myself. So he was like my, uh, we we were like play pals in some ways, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I remember we were slightly old in our sort of play groups and, uh, we always noticed it, you know. We just noticed that all yeah. the other parents of kids the same age were younger than us, and it just felt a little bit. But I mean, you know me; I'm still young at heart. You are indeed. Yes, I, I do not act my age. No, no, not at all. <laughs> if he wants to wrestle now, I'll do it, but he will win. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Yo, we actually noticed uh, the exact opposite. Obviously, with Ethan. All of right, it. Yeah, he, yeah. we're we're about right on age with Molly's, uh, the Molly's right. friends' parents. And Ethan, when they were younger, would be like, "How come you're not friends with any of my friends' parents?" With a few exception, but we're friends with a lot of Molly's friends' parents. And we were like, "Because uh, we're so much younger than them, <laughs> they don't like to hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> they live in a place where you have to be a certain age to come in the door." <laughs> Anyway, so we got that going on this week. So last week was Carson's birthday, and um, for her birthday, I bought her a jigsaw puzzle of a photograph of the three of us. Oh, okay. So hundred piece, five hundred piece, five. Oh, okay. Carson likes jigsaws, and so I, I and this is a nice picture of the three of us. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And we happen to be wearing one of us is wearing a blue t shirt, one's wearing a red t shirt, and one's wearing a green t shirt. So it's kind of like it was kind of good for a puzzle as well. Yeah, sure. And uh, it 
I was tracking it because it was late, obviously, because I don't plan these things ahead of time. So it was, l- <laughs> it was a few days after her birthday. And finally it said it arrived. I was like, oh, great. So I went out to the mailbox, no sign. Uh-huh. And I checked the doorsteps and no sign. So I contacted the, t- the support and I said, look, it says it's arrived, but it's not here. And uh, they said, well, sometimes that can take an extra day. So they said, just give it a day before we do anything. I said, all right, sure. They said, sometimes they just mark it as delivered when it's still out on the truck or something. I was like, all right. Okay. So I waited an extra day and then I got back in touch with them. I said, I still don't see it. And they said, well, it, maybe it got misdelivered to one of your neighbors. I said, they, they said, do you, do they know your name? And I said, well, we've been here a long time. Yeah, we think most of them would know my name. And I said, and failing that, they could always crack open the puzzle, <laughs> build it, <laughs> and see if they recognize my face. Walk around with the completed puzzle. <laughs> That's the guy who lives on the corner. I recognize him. <laughs> but, but they sent me a replacement. And, and then, of course, as soon as that arrived, the, the other one arrived too. So so now you've got two. two. Of this. There you mm-hmm. go. Which I, I think it'd be fun to mix them. I get two, <laughs> yeah. one, a thousand piece Figure that out, dear. <laughs> but uh, yes. Well, has she tried it yet? She's done it. She built the whole thing. It was hard. It was hard because because the it was a very sunny day. It was on a beach in Florida, and it was a very sunny day, and so all the colors are very bright, and the shadows are very dark. Okay. And yeah. so it's kind of like the all of the all the three t shirts. None of them have a, I think Lucas has had a bit of a pattern on it, but none of them have much pattern. So right. it's just like a block of that color. And it's yeah. very, very difficult to f- put it together. Uh-huh. I can uh, see that. Yep. Yep. And um, we were all three wearing sunglasses and they they were kind of complicated to piece together the sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Because they your, all looked similar. Your uh, perfectly symmetrical faces and your chiseled jawlines. You know, that's. Uh, yes. Be... Yes. Well, the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> This looks like jowl. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. How do we leave Arya? Last we saw of Arya, she was headed north with Yoren and the Night's Watch recruits. Gold cloaks had come looking for a recruit, and Arya poker face Stark had blurted to Gendry that it was she they were after. Turns out it was Gendry himself they were after. Yoren saw the gold cloaks off, but now he feels an urgency to get his recruits north as soon as possible. Why don't we give him the summary? All right. Well, the Night's Watch recruits have left the King's Road to avoid more trouble with the gold cloaks. Progress is very slow as the carts keep getting stuck in the mud. Arya spends her evenings evading the sentries that Yorin posts, her water dancing skills serving her well and allowing her to use the bathroom discreetly. Despite not being the primary target of the gold cloaks, Arya nervously and repeatedly looks over her shoulder. The boys speculate as to Gendry's secret. Lommy reckons he must be Ned Stark's bastard, which of course riles Arya. Their new route will take them along around the western side of the God's Eye, where they can catch back up with the King's Road near Darry. Despite the wealth of supplies, they run out of food, but a couple of the new recruits are poachers, so they use their skills to keep the party fed. Arya herself grabs a rabbit and gets a leg to herself as a reward, which she shares with Gendry. The locals are not sharing their food, which irks Yorin. The poachers report that there is a party of soldiers with a spotted tree cat sigil in their path. Yorin doesn't recognize it, but regardless of who it is, he's avoiding contact. Another detour, two more days lost. Yorin reassures them that since the rest of their lives will be at the wall, there is no real rush. One night, they witness a huge fire burning to to their north. The next day, they trudge through a desolate landscape. They find a woman with a severed arm and a small girl in a ruined holdfast. They take them in. The woman whimpers, please, over and over in pain, and the girl just cries. Their presence unnerves everyone, and Hot Pie admits to Ari that he never killed anyone. He just sold pies. The woman dies and is buried. That night, they camp with no fire. Arya drinks water in lieu of food and wakes needing to pee. Hot Pie stops her from sneaking out, not unreasonably telling her to pee by the tree that everyone else is using. He's been hearing wolves and doesn't want anyone outside the perimeter. Arya feigns fear and goes back to bed, but then she slips out of the camp on the other side from Hot Pie and goes further than usual to make water. Midstream, she's confronted by a pack of wolves, their eyes glowing in the dark. She reaches for Needle. One male steps forward, bares its teeth and growls. 
but then the pack withdraws. She goes back to Yorn and tells him the story of Nymeria, her wolf, not the original Not Nymeria. Princess Nymeria. Exactly, yeah. He, he reassures her that the only wolves to fear are the humankind. He says that in 30 years of recruiting, he's only ever lost three men, which is truly amazing to me. It is. Plus the fact that but, he remembers but, each one and how they died. That's Yes, that's, that's right, he does, yes. But regrets not taking a ship this time. Arya tries to sleep, but she hears wolves howling and possibly human screams. Oh. Yeah. No, that, that, that really is amazing because uh, uh, here's something. He could have bumped that number from three to five here because those two poachers, he's letting them range on ahead with the tools needed to poach. Right. I would say that they could avoid being members of the Night's Watch pretty easily here. Yeah, they just kept going. Just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) You've got all you need to feed yourself. Go. (laughs) Just leave. (laughs) That's a solid point. (laughs) Yeah. So we're back to the the turmoil of war uh, from the small pokes perspective after two chapters with the highborn and cat chapter and Tyrion chapter and the lofty decisions made by the the lords and ladies. Yeah. and, And somewhat... I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, the whole the whole of this chapter sort of paints the picture of the, you know, the horror of war and the damage that's being done to the Riverlands by the uh, by Tywin's army. Yeah, but it is kind of like there's not a lot going on in terms of actual action. Slow progress in a wagon is not the most thrilling <laughs> <Yes>. thing to read. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when we finished this chapter, we both didn't go, yes, we've got so much to talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go fake some reader mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but y- Yorin is smart to avoid the trouble, no doubt. I mean, getting off the King's Road is the best way to avoid detection by those gold cloaks, I'm sure. But uh, trouble would have been a more interesting read. You know, if, if, if Yorin was thinking of us, not his own hide, <laughs> he might have stayed on the King's Road. <laughs> Or at least uh, bulldozed into that uh, that group of uh, House Myatt men that are, uh, you know, that yes. were convalescing yes. on the road or wherever yes. they were. <laughs> but yeah, you know, speaking of the Gold Cloaks, so they've gone off-roading off of the King's Road. And actually, they've gone off-roading off of the path they were on, even further off-roading, to avoid the Gold Cloaks. I just wonder if it's still a very legitimate threat. I mean... If they're, how persistent are these gold cloaks to pursue this group through the war-torn riverlands? And I mean, first of all, you're not outrunning anybody with this cart yeah, situation. True, true. So if they wanted to but, catch you, they would have done so by now. <laughs> you know. But but if he turned pretty much directly off the King's Road once he saw off that first group then maybe they've passed them by yeah actually going slow slow actually helps at this point because they'll really have given up by the time you get back onto the king's road right yeah yeah i mean if i were the gold cloak captain i would go back to king's landing and just say yep we got him he's dead you know or yeah we we ran into them but but tywin's army had gotten to them first they were all dead oh brilliant uh, yes brilliant that is good you know, yeah, because the one the one thing I definitely wouldn't do is go back to King's Landing and say we tried, but that 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 pie seller scared me off. <laughs> yes, because right. not sure Cersei's going to be too forgiving for that. I don't but even yes, know. A, like, how much does she even really care at this point? She's got a lot of things to worry about. I mean, he's headed to the Night's Watch anyway, so any when he takes the black. Any claim he has is gone. So they should, in fact, they should be speeding them along. They should have like an escort for him right. to get right. him there right. so he can take the black. Right. But then also, uh, Jocelyn Bywater is now the commander of the Gold Cloaks and he won't care anyway because. Right. He would actually, when they got back, they would see him first and he would say, All right, I'm in charge now. What you been doing? Oh, we were going up to uh, get that, uh, the queen, the king's bastard and kill him. And did you succeed? Well, we were going to tell Cersei yes. Well, okay, so you didn't? Right, we didn't. Okay, it's fine. I'll say you did. You get back to work. Never even see Cersei. Right, know? yeah. Just jump back into your daily routine, you know? Yes, she has no way of verifying it, so... <laughs> right, yeah. 
oh yeah, they brought his head, but I just put it on a spike. So, sorry. <laughs> it's that one. That one. Grab a head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But that it takes me to a whole another thing about the traveling situation is so Arya says like at the very first paragraph of the chapters that the it's the wagons that are slowing them down a dozen times a day the wheels get stuck in a rut or they have to double up the teams pulling the carts to get them up a hill and it almost feels like pedantry to me that these carts and their goods cannot be worth the trouble i get that it's a big financial loss to 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 unload them they he probably spent a good amount of money on them but they're putting everything at risk by bringing these carts along with them and yeah of course he was thinking he was going to be going along the king's road which is right. presumably yes. a much better road than this yes but yeah i take your point at this point he's got to be thinking it's more important to be ride. nimble and able to move yeah. swiftly and stealthily than trudging along with these wagons but then what about Jack and Rog and Biter? Yes. They uh, are... I say, well, I may, I have this in the notes further down when we talk about them, but I personally feel like you you in some way eliminate Rorg and Biter from your presence. You, you can okay. let them loose. Of course, that is wreaking havoc on the already poor downtrodden Riverland folk. Mm-hmm. And who knows what those two will get up to in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. But one way or another, you remove yes. them from your party. And yes. then you, if you want to keep Jack and Agar restrained, bind his hands and put him on a donkey, you know, and then yeah, 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 yeah. kick the, the rolling cage out and keep going. Yeah, you because, can even... because that's the thing. If, if you're pulling one cart, you might as well keep pulling the other carts. But yeah, that's a good point. You don't you could keep these guys secured without the cart. Yeah, you could. Or get rid of them. Right. So uh, I'd like to say, I I did a little bit of geography looking at this. This is quite a detour. I mean, obviously, if you go around a big lake, the God's Eye is a big, big lake. If you go around it instead of along one side of it, you are adding to your journey. But I've calculated it's you're basically doing three sides three sides of a square yep. instead of one side the one side has the king's road on it the other three sides don't yeah so i reckon it's about 300 miles added to their journey to go around this Whew. with these carts yeah. and with they're off-roading carts. which means not right. only is it 300 miles it's 300 is of miles of of hills and valleys and yeah and just goat tracks and stuff that yeah. they use handfuls of miles a day yeah for 300 miles that's you know that is a lot that's that's like a two-month addition to your journey yes <laughs> I mean, seriously. especially with these carts at the pace that aria talks about them moving because of them so right. yeah instead of going due east from the ivn to duskendale and to take a ship like we talked about last aria chapter they've urine has doubled down and they're basically going due west and they're going to cut south across the bottom of the God's Eye, then up the west side of the God's Eye, and then cut, I guess, kind of northeast over toward the King's Road yeah. again. And One of the strongholds, if they make it around the southern side and up the western side, one of the strongholds they'll run into or be fairly near is uh, on the or on the sides of the God's Eye, I mean, is uh, Raven Tree Hall and... Back in the last cat chapter, Brendan Blackfish Tully told us that the Blackwoods. It was he, this was one of the ones where the Bannerman had gone back to take gone care of his home. land, yeah, yeah. and um, that the Blackwoods did reclaim it, but the Lannister forces left it as scorched earth. So they're not gonna. They're, they're gonna be even harder to find food uh, when they make it to to that area of the trip. Yeah. 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 And, and and of course they don't really know it, but I mean they're heading more and more into the teeth of the Lannister forces. Yeah, which I'm sure Tywin doesn't really. I mean, maybe on some levels Tywin would care about Gendry, but he doesn't know about Gendry. Right. He right. certainly yeah, yeah. would care about Arya, but he has no reason to expect to find Arya in this group. Yeah. But he has no. He doesn't care about the Night's Watch, so he's not going to idly watch all these supplies go by. He's going to liberate them. Yes, you're just you're just doing a very arduous delivery of goods to Tywin Lannister. You're you're right. You might as well drop them at this point. As soon as they left the King's Road, 
They might as well have yeah. just dropped them. Not that they were going to probably be able to make it all the way up the King's Road with them intact, but at least it would have been faster faster going. Now that you're off-roading, you got to drop them. But but then I was thinking that they're if they go up that west west side of the God's Eye, they're really not that far from River Run. And now Yorin might not know the Starks are River Run, but he does know that Arya is a relative of the Tullys. And we're, we get the picture in this chapter that he's starting to realize, oh boy, this is a different situation than anything I've dealt with to this point in 30 years of yeah. doing this job. Yeah. So if I were him, I would make it to River Run and then ask for an escort up to Seaguard or an escort to cross at the Twins, go to Moat Kalen. The Starks would be thrilled to get Arya back. I'm sure they'd be willing to do whatever to help him get safely to uh right or the, or the tullies would if the tullies were there but but is he working off his prior knowledge i mean presumably when he left king's landing riverrun was besieged by lannisters so yeah that could he may he not, might not know that he, he might not know that that siege has been lifted so he might be thinking i can't possibly do that because oh. i'll be walking into the teeth of the enemy did they in that ivy inn during the conversations when they were talking about rob riding his Riding Grey Wind into battle. Did they talk about uh, they uh, might have him done. winning the battle and freeing River Run? I can't remember, but I do remember them talking about him riding Grey Wind into battle. So they're in a forest south of the God's Eye. The food's harder to come by. The remaining crops are being protected because, I mean, to be fair to the locals, I mean, the, lots of crops have been destroyed. Yeah. And winter is right. coming. Yes. So they are defending these crops like their life literally depends on them, which it does. Yeah. And what, one thing we learn about this time in the chapter is that all of the Night's Watch recruits' food stores have been eaten up. Everything they right. bought along the way is gone, and now they're just foraging for food. And that it feels kind of like the undercurrent of the chapter to me. And it's something that we discussed in the previous Aria chapters. How are they going to eat in this ravaged riverlands and uh and then i was thinking if all the riverlands are in similarly bad shape that's really not good for this upcoming winter yeah they're already in really bad shape and it's already summer's already ended we don't know how long this fall will be but i don't know if it'll be long enough for this war to end and then get enough crops sown and it does make make you wonder about the growing of crops because i mean crops obviously on earth with regular seasons have a sort of pattern of growth and harvesting right yeah but if if the seasons don't change very often i mean does can you harvest again and again and again i I mean you must be able to i guess so yeah because then you're going to have possibly several years of winter where you can't harvest at all right and so i wonder if uh i wonder if through the autumn through the autumn you are able to regrow more crops and get them into storage perhaps with lower yields than you had in the summer but but at least something uh, yeah yeah at least the, the good news is that at the moment the rest of the realm is mostly untouched aside from the riverlands which is a mess right so, right yes and then in the north they might have the opposite problem because they've been grow. they probably have been growing crops but now they don't have enough possibly don't have enough people to tend to those fields Right, because right, they're right, right. in the Riverlands. Yeah. So discussion then rages around why would the gold cloaks be after Gendry? He said he never did anything to the Queen. He did his work, and then one day his master, who was whose name was Mocked, uh, says he's got to join the Night's Watch. So he's going to join the Night's Watch. And I mean, and then he probably added, and two king's hands and the king's brother came to visit me on separate occasions and asked me questions about my mother. I mean. But that happens to everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that part of the census, the King's Landing census? <laughs> the thing is, you always assume your own experience is difficult, you know. Right. You can't help it. You know? He's a young kid. What's unusual about that? You guys haven't been talking with John Aaron or Eddard Stark or Stannis Baratheon? <laughs> Wait a second. Maybe there is something special about me. <laughs> So Yorin is really mad about being charged for the food he's stealing. Um, and he's too too angry even to eat. He paces and doesn't sleep. It, and I think you made this point. It's, it, it's not just the disrespect of the Night's Watch. It's... We'll be right back. Hello, friends. 
Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Right. I mean, he's been doing this job for 30 years, so he's got to be pretty used to that treatment. It's not like suddenly people no longer respect the Night's Watch on this last trip here. Right. So to me, it felt like the he was starting to fear that he's made a mistake and he's going to get them all killed. I, I felt his responsibility. I felt his concern for his responsibility in putting all these men in Aria in this situation. And he makes several comments to back up that feeling in his uh, conversation with Aria at the very end of the chapter. Yeah, that's right. Cause, cause he did tell the Ivy innkeeper that they, that he thought they'd be fine, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. When you, when progress is this slow and so much of the, so much of the arable land that you are going to rely on to feed yourself has been destroyed, then the your prospects have diminished considerably. And you're yeah. absolutely right. It must be weighing on him, like, what have I done? But you have come up with a good solution. Get rid of the wagons. <laughs> yes. There's no reason. It certainly the would nice, help. <laughs> the, the Night's Watch will be glad of these people if they get these people to the north. Right. But, they but, don't get their ravens, so they don't get their iron, you know. Yeah. They could buy. They could maybe buy that stuff in the north. Yeah, yeah. Just let the ravens out and tell them to go to the wall. Right. Fly, fly, yeah. my beauties. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, it just you know, even the part where he goes around the group of injured soldiers, you know, rather than riding by them, it. Just, it doesn't sound like a man who confidently told that innkeep that the Night's Watch yeah, takes no yeah. part in the disputes of men, so we'll be fine. Yeah. But actually, that might be a good way to offload his wagons. You know, every time he goes past a group of soldiers, he loses one more wagon in there, sort of like... You know, <laughs> there you go. No, Oh, you want to shake us down? Here, have these pelts. <laughs> right, yeah. have a wagon. <laughs> so the, the, the poachers report back that they've seen these men in the road ahead of them, um, and they say that the sigil is a uh, spotted tree cat, which sounds like a leopard of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Um, the, that's the sigil of House Myatt. Yoren didn't recognize it. We do, because he doesn't have a wiki of ice and fire. We do. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're from the Westerlands. They owe their fealty to the Lannisters. So probably a good idea to avoid these people. Although, again, the you know one Lannister house sort of like in the road, partly injured, is not going to have a clue about Gendry and Arya. Oh yeah, so, yeah, uh, no, definitely not. You know, cross their minds. His concern was more that they would take their stuff. I guess he says they might take our horses. They might take more than that, and then he he so he has them go around, which costs according to Arya, costs them an extra two days. So he must have felt like. Maybe he thought they would do bodily harm to them, I guess. Although if yeah, you, they yeah. take their horses, that's 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 as bad as bodily harm. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. They're not making it if they're on foot. <laughs> but, you know, back to what you said when we first started talking about this, we're 15% of the way through A Clash of Kings, according to my uh, book here, and there has not been much clashing yet. Like, right, even yeah. right here... <laughs> They didn't clash. They went around them. So far, it's mostly just been talk of future clashing and evasive maneuvers to avoid clashing. Maybe it was the clash of the king with their advisors. Maybe that's what it <laughs> that's was. What it was. <laughs> There's been some of that. <laughs> yes. We should we should march on Harrenhal. We don't have the men to march on Harrenhal. <laughs> um, there are a couple of sweet moments in this chapter, both Arya sharing her rabbit with Gendry, which seems like a nice thing to do. She it well, did. she shared the rabbit with the whole group. She was given a leg for having snared the rabbit, and she shared that leg with Gendry. So that was yeah. that was good of her. And I uh, agree. Um, and then Hot Pie opening up to Arya as well when when the the when they find the woman and the child, the whole atmosphere of the journey becomes much more somber and. Uh, 
unpleasant, and yes. the kid, the the children, because they are some of them children, are uh, you know disconcerted by having the crying woman and the crying child in amongst them. And Hot Pie admits that he never killed a man like he said he did. He just sold his mother's pies, which right. We, we we all probably guessed that that was the case. <laughs> I just sold my mommy's pies is all, I believe <laughs> yeah. is what he said. Yeah, he seemed like a jerk in that first chapter, but that was likely just a defense mechanism, yeah. you know, like acting like the tough jerk, pick on the littler boy to prevent being bothered by, uh, bothered himself, you know. And this goes to what we said before about why Yoren maybe ch- chooses this miserable march north it does bring them together. They form, yep. a, they form a fraternity which they're going to need going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's definitely a team-building exercise. Yeah. but it, So they come up on this town. Not It's a small uh, small little village, actually. And it's just burnt up. The, the timber palisade, which Arya said looked formidable, was obviously not as formidable as it looked. And there's dead bodies, on burned dead bodies on spikes on top of the palisade. And uh, there's bodies everywhere, and there's crows eating the bodies. It's a really rough scene. And I was thinking that it's good that whoever torched that town rode off in a different direction because whoever that was seemed more dangerous than the House Myatt group that they went around not that long ago. Yeah. Well, what, one thing, actually, actually, I'll, I'll, remind me about House Myatt when we get to uh, pedantry. I have okay. an interesting thought that's just occurred to me. All right. So, so in the ruins, they find a woman with a missing arm and a child who's crying. Um, this kind of confirms our worst suspicions of Rorge and Biter, because they both find this hysterical, the fact that these two traumatized women are yeah. in amongst them. Yeah. Which is, uh, this is why you're planning to murder them. I, um, <laughs> I, I just Is your sure these two are worth the hassle of transport? I mean, I'm not so sure that they're going to be a positive addition to the Night's Watch. You know, they they seem pretty psychotic and damaged already. And I know the Night's Watch is pretty good at reclaiming damaged men and giving them purpose and building them back up. But I'm not so sure about these two. I feel like they might be a little too far gone, which is why... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you could put them right at the vanguard and let the others take them, but then they would become other. They become whites and turn on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they sound pretty fierce. So. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, so that's why I say you got you remove them from the situation. Yeah, and it, it and like you say, it's two less mouths to feed, and feeding these people has become difficult now. You know, and, right? And it's two exactly. it's two mouths. Two mouths that can't feed themselves while they're cha- while they're chained up in the car, you know. Yes. At least yes. the poachers are bringing in food. Ari is bringing in food, but these guys are just consuming food. Just, it's exactly. two mouths, but luckily it's only one nose and one tongue. So <laughs> when when he reports back how many people he lost, he'll do it by noses. <laughs> yeah, I lost. I just lost the one nose. <laughs> yeah. Then so so they've got this lady. Uh, who's missing an arm from the elbow down, and um, they've got this new baby with them, a little toddler. And uh, it it must be pretty bad because Arya rides as far away as she can so she doesn't have to listen to the lady uh, whisper please over and over again and the the little baby girl cry. And it makes her think of this story that old Nan told when she was younger that – there was this brave man who'd been imprisoned in a castle by giants. And Can I interject? Can I interject? I'm going to guess this is really scary and horrible and inappropriate for Arya to have been told. Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good old, good old, old Nan. That's right. There's <laughs> no reliable. No PG rating on uh, old Nan stories. <laughs> Go on. What happened with the giant? He made him some porridge? Yes, he did. So the, the, um. Uh, the man was brave and smart, and he managed to escape the giant's castle. Oh, great! Yay! And then, as soon as he escaped the castle, the others caught him, and they drank his warm blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it yeah. didn't have quite the ending we were hoping for. But but Arya is thinking of the story, and she thinks that she now knows how that guy felt. So that sounds like a pretty rough situation to be relating to. Yes, yes. Although, honestly, I would say it's kind of the other way around for her. She's definitely gone from a terrible situation to a bad situation. 
You think Whereas King's Landing a... was worse than where she is now? Yes. I, yes. I was going to ask I mean, you that because obviously they she, they were trying to make the out of the frying pan into the fire comparison here. Right. She tricked right. the Lannisters to get out of King's Landing and now she's in a yes. tough spot again. Yes, it's definitely a tough spot, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. While she was trapped in King's Landing, you know, eating the 50-year-old stew made with rats, <laughs> right. she wasn't going anywhere and her life was pretty prescribed. Here, the world's her oyster. Who knows where she might end up, you know? But yes, it's a miserable spot right now, for sure, and very dangerous. Yes, yes. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. She's pr- her life is probably in more peril right now than it was in mm-hmm. King's Landing. Probably short term, yes, I would say so. But I think her life was always in peril in King's Landing, just because she was a young urchin in King's Landing, and life is cheap to that type. You know. Yes, you're right. I agree with with that line of thinking. So when she goes out to uh, to pee, um, the wolves uh, accost her. The they snarl and growl in her face, but then they walk away. They leave her. She's groping for needle. Maybe she scared them away, but that's not the sense you get. You get the sense that the wolves went, okay, let's leave this one. She's one of us. Possibly. Or something something yeah. like that. Some, some, some recognition. But it's not said. It's just they didn't do anything but back away. Yeah, yeah. So I... First of all, raise of hands, who thought this was going to be a Nymeria reunion? First time I read it, I thought for sure she was going to get meet back up with Nymeria here. I was I was excited for it, and then the wolf the the wolf uh, growled and ran off, and so did the rest of the pack, and I was uh, disappointed. But but then you know going to your point, what you were just talking about, we've seen the Stark kids have connections with their dire wolves, especially Bran, and we know Rob and Grey Wind fight and battle together, so they obviously have some sort of really strong connection. And I wondered if possibly Arya unwittingly made some sort of connection with the pack leader, like you were saying, like, this one's one of us, like, you know. Right, right. So, so we are assuming that this is a branch of Nymeria's pack. I would, based on what we heard in the IVN from that, Um, I don't think it was the actual innkeep, but during that scene when they were in that inn, it seems like Arya runs the the large pack, and this is a smaller segment of it. Because what they said was that there was a giant she-wolf who was the leader of the pack, and they were terrorizing everywhere around the god's eye. Yes, right. And so here we are near the god's eye, and a, a, a wolf pack is there but doesn't actually attack and so yeah, yeah I'm, I, that's what I thought too it feels like she's close to Nymeria now and somehow the pack recognizes her as a friend and leaves her be yeah yeah um, or either that or maybe the more mundane answer uh, the whole pack had just eaten their fill at the burned village so they weren't hungry at the moment and, yeah, and they were just like and she, nah, she's not a threat yeah, let's leave her alone she, she smelled of pee because she was, <laughs> she was literally peeing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, Hope Springs, I mean, it it definitely feels like Nymeria is in the wind and nearby. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. There is, maybe the reunion is coming. That's uh, That would be pretty cool because she could certainly use a large powerful dire wolf's um, presence right about now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and presumably Nymeria is actually the scariest of the wolves now. Because right. She's she's lived rough for a while, whereas the others have all been castled. Imagine well, that guess, escort. I, I guess Grey Wind has been in battle now. Yeah, true. Yes, he's he has been battle-tested. But imagine that escort. Nymeria and her many packs of wolves that she leads, leading this group like a you know, like a police escort through the uh, Riverlands here. Your 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 injured House Maya crew might leave them be. They yeah, might get exactly. off the road. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people coming that we can terrorize, but they've got like 200 wolves with them. Okay, <laughs> let's hide in the woods. Oh, so, so the last conversation comes when Arya heads back after uh, meeting the wolves, and she she talks to Yoren. He admits to what. McKelly was accusing him of of having serious doubts about their safety, and he she's a, she tells him she was afraid of the wolves, but he makes the point: the only wolves you really need to fear are the ones who are 
in fact wearing man skin. Yeah. Because yeah. they are they they're the ones who will kill you for no reason. Yeah. But then he uh he says he maybe should have left her and the rest where he found them but they were safer in the city. And that's when he tells the story about having only lost 3 men in uh in around 30 years. And now so far he's only lost Prade, the guy with the cough that the, there was no cough that one night, and it spooked Arya, and then she realized it was because he had stopped coughing. Uh, is is he one of the three, or is he the fourth that he's lost? Well, he would be the fourth. He's he did not mention him, to my knowledge. Oh, so, so he, uh, he he's saying up to this trip, I've only lost yeah. three. <laughs> so this trip is going very badly for me. <laughs> you know, so he's only lost one at this point. So it's just more of the feeling of like that that I was talking about that he fears what's to come that he's talking about. I've only lost three so far. If this was, if he was feeling like this is just the normal trip, you know, this is the way it goes when we make this trip, he probably wouldn't be talking like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he also admits that he probably should have taken a ship. And obviously we agree with that. Right. But that was our idea. He stole it. Yeah. <laughs> we may have had an idea that this, uh, this was coming. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> That's true. We might have and, had our hand the hand tipped a little bit. In our and favor. of course, presumably, never in that thirty years has his crew been pursued by powerful people. I mean, occasionally, yeah. sort of like a a brother or a a son might have chased after it to try and free their father or brother or whatever. But to have powerful people trying to prevent you from heading north and a war. It's uh, an unusually bad time to be trying to do this. Yes, yes, he's got multiple issues to deal with here. But you can understand, as much as I complained about him not taking a ship and the fact that he should have taken a ship, you can understand that 30 years of conditioning, of this routine, this is how we go, we do this process, this is how it works, you could understand how he might not have realized until it was too late, uh oh. This isn't like the other times. This is a really bad situation we're in right now. Yeah, and again, again, for the same reason. One, he wasn't expecting pursuit. Two, he maybe thought that the King's Road would not be involved in the war. He could just head up the King's Road and never see any signs of the war. Right, yeah. Because it was in the Riverlands. The the King's Road does run through the Riverlands, but through the easternmost part of it. Mm -hmm. So it was entirely possible he didn't expect to run into any trouble. Yeah. That's a solid point, yeah. But then the final line of this chapter felt very ominous to me. It, it's something like, she hears wolves. This is Arya. She goes, He Yorin tells her to go to sleep. She does try. She lays down. But she can hear wolves howling. And then she can hear another sound, fainter, no more than a whisper on the wind that might have been screams. Now, of course, that could be the mind of a traumatized child playing tricks on her. Or it could be foreshadowing, you know. <laughs> or it could be literal. Yes. She might it literally be, be able to. <laughs> yes. Could be literal as well, yes. Regardless, though, it felt like an ominous sentence to end this chapter on. Yeah. All right. So background. Um, I'll take House Myatt because it's going to be quick. Um, <laughs> there, there's nothing on, Mouse, on, on House Myatt. So House Myatt have this leopard sigil, which is an awesome sigil. Yeah. So you'd think, oh, there'd be so much background history on the House Myatt. Not a thing. They, all we know is that they're from the West. They have uh, allegiance to House Lannister. We don't know a single person from House Maya. We don't know where their family seat is. Yeah, there I found it odd, too, that this house was introduced here. Not not by name, but they didn't say right, it was yeah. House Maya. They didn't know, but we know it was House Maya. But then absolutely no background information at all on them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash ghostsherrenhall. You can find the link in our show notes. It's the only time he ever mentioned them. So far. Yeah. We get those... Well, presumably, I mean, presumably the, the name must get mentioned at some point. Because this much was known, that this was House Mayad. But, yeah. yeah. But no more than that, because they don't have a single person or even where their family home is, which is amazing. Give me some background that pads this story then. Okay, well, 
So since our uh, little band of travelers here are in the, the woods south of the God's Eye, I thought I'd talk about a battle that took place right here in these woods a couple, about 160 or so years ago, called the Battle Beneath the God's Eye. So in 42 AC, then Prince Magor Targaryen was in exile in Pentos when his older half-brother King Aenys I Targaryen died. King Aenys was Aegon the Conqueror's son. After the king's death, his aunt, Dowager Queen Visenya Targaryen, flew on Vagar to Essos to bring the news to her son. Magor then returned to King's Landing and claimed the Iron Throne. Aenys' teenage son, Prince Aegon, was stuck at Krakal Castle, surrounded by angry members of the Poor Fellows who opposed his incestuous marriage to his sister Reyna, leaving him unable to contest his uncle's usurping of his throne. Eventually, Aegon and Reyna were able to flee to Casterly Rock and the protection of Lord Lyman Lannister. Prince Aegon continued to put forth his claim as the rightful king, but nobody was really listening. He was having trouble finding many lords that were willing to risk getting on Magor's bad side by backing the prince. Even Lyman Lannister refused to officially support Aegon, despite giving him and his sister-wife protection there at Casterly Rock. The prince and princess used a trip that Magor took to Old Town to sneak into King's Landing with the aid of Magor's court members who had grown tired of the king's cruelty, or maybe his misunderstandings. It's hard uh-huh, to tell us. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Princess Reyna claimed her dragon Dreamfire, and Prince Aegon claimed his father's dragon Quicksilver, before hightailing it back to Casterly Rock. Eventually, Aegon managed to gain some support from Westerlands, Riverlands, and even some Vale Lords, led by House Piper of Pink Maiden. Even Lord Frey joined Aegon's cause, so clearly this was pre-Walder Frey. He would have never picked a side this early. Uh, He's old, but he's not this old to have been alive back then. Uh, Despite his rise in supporters, none of the great houses, and by great houses I mean with a capital G, the Starks, the Baratheons, the Lannisters, had backed him yet. Um, Although Lyman Lannister did send his bastard son Tyler Hill to aid Aegon, along with 500 men from Lannisport. In 43 AC, Aegon felt he had gained enough support to officially denounce his uncle as a usurper and make an official claim as the true king. He led an army of 15,000 through the Riverlands on the back of his dragon Quicksilver. However, Lords Haraway and Tully supported Magor, and Sir Davos Darklin of the Kingsguard marched north from King's Landing with 5,000 men. Lords Peak, Merryweather, and Caswell marched on Aegon's force from the Reach as well. And despite having the largest single army, Aegon refused to take on each of the smaller armies advancing from all sides individually, as he was urged to do. Now, just south of the God's Eye, so right around where Arya's little group currently find themselves, Aegon's force met Sir Davos Darklands' force, and Sir Davos's force held the higher ground. And with the other armies approaching from the south and the north, Aegon called for a charge against the men of King's Landing. He took to Quicksilver to lead the attack. However, as he did, a large shadow moved through the southern sky. That shadow was Balerion, the Black Dread, with King Magor. Not the cat of the same name. No, unfortunately for Aegon, it was not the cat. It was the dragon, Balerion, the Black Dread, with King Magor on his back. Quicksilver was a big, powerful dragon, but no match for the Black Dread. Valeria descended on the younger dragon, grabbing her throat in his teeth and then tearing a wing from her body. And Quicksilver and her young 17-year-old rider, Aegon, fell to their deaths. And with Aegon dead, his men attempted to flee, but were surrounded and massacred. 2,000 of Aegon's men died in the battle to only 100 of Magor's loyalists. Misunderstood, but pretty strong. <laughs> All right, so comparison with the television show. Thank you for that, McKay. Comparison with the television show, the scene is basically dropped. There is an additional scene in which Arya admits to Gendry who she is, which is strange because she's not done that in the book. Right. I wonder if she will. We shall see. Yes. But that's it. This this just doesn't really exist. Okay. So pedantry. Um, so the pedantry that I thought of mid-episode was how did the House Meyer forces get injured? They, we could not be further from the fighting front of this war. 
The mm. fighting front of this war is way, way north of where we are. This is the southernmost tip of the Tywin Lannister's forces. How did they get injured? How clumsy that are these good... people? <laughs> it, was, it was a riding accident. So they only have bored. one horse. That was the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so bored, they're playing heading rocks. <laughs> but, but, but actually, whilst I was whilst I was thinking about adding that as pedantry, I thought of a possible answer. Uh, Beric Dondarrion. Beric oh, Dondarrion still yeah. continues to menace the Tywin's time, forces. So maybe that's reasonable. He, yeah, he yeah, they yeah. seek him here. They seek him there. Sometimes yes. in the north, sometimes in the south. He's always yeah. So that d- that did actually make a little bit more sense than I realized. So yeah, I'll back very off. much. Very much could have been Beric and Thoris and the gang. Yeah. But what else um, you got? I, me- I mentioned the poachers could just leg it. That's what I would do if I was them. Um, yeah. And again, it is such a detour. Even if the roads were good, a three hundred mile detour. Ah, Oof, that's that, a lot. That is. Yeah. That ain't nothing. No. All right. What have you got? Well, it's just something that Joran said to. So the, as we've, I think we mentioned it a couple times. The field hands are very protective of their crops, and there's one time when they see a man up in a tree with an arrow and with a bow and arrow watching them very closely until they ride past, and Joran is kind of grumbling about the fact that he's up there watching them so suspiciously. And he says something along the lines of, see how he likes it up there when the others take him. He'll scream for the Night's Watch then. And I thought, man, if the others make it south of the God's Eye, then the Night's Watch... that tree. (laughs) (laughs) The Night's Watch have failed miserably at their mission. And uh, I can't imagine that there's any of them left to scream for at that point. Well... It, it, yeah, you are. It's a very solid point, but I could. You could argue that he's saying, "I really wish I had funded the Night's Watch better. Yes. I, I wish I fed too. them more." You know. Yes, they could have gotten more men up there and, and protected exactly. us better. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or he uh, could be could be thinking, "Why did we send all that men up there uh, to to be on the southern side of the wall, and then they all decided to go on the northern <laughs> side of the wall?" <laughs> he would have to be acutely aware of what was going on. But yes, I take your point. <laughs> Reasonable comment. News and notes. Oh, I'll take this first one. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, listener St- a listener, Steve, really liked the TM story from last week. Um, and he shared a story. <laughs> I think of, it's uh, two weeks ago by the oh, time. Oh, is it two weeks ago? This okay, sorry. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, he shared a story of his uh, uncle from Georgia coming to visit him in Michigan. Yeah, I think it was Michigan, uh, yeah. Right. And uh, ordering asked tea. And <laughs> the the waitress hearing a much ruder word than he meant <laughs> asked. <laughs> asked. Yeah, so, and you know, having lived in the South for twenty plus years now, we don't. Uh, true Southerners don't even call what what we in the North would call tea. iced tea. Iced tea, they call it sweet tea. Right. So he was probably just trying to do her a solid in the first place and call it iced tea <laughs> like they do in the North, <laughs> rather than sweet tea. Which is how what they call it down here. <laughs> kind of a sweet tea. I, I, I've never heard your southern accent before. That's good. It's not. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so thank you, Steve. That was a funny story. Appreciate that. Uh, so as for the review, why don't you read it? Because um, I okay. got it off of uh, Apple Podcasts Ireland, and so oh, very nice. you have the closer to the Irish accent of the two of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's relative. So uh, this is from B Boy Two K Eleven, and it's called "As Good as Wine." Which oh, sounds nice. I, it's expensive I, I, wine. I, yeah, I can see that. I mean, like a, a cheap <laughs> bottle of red plonk, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is all. I mean, there's, there's room for that. Believe oh, me. Oh, absolutely, room for sure. It. I mean, yeah. we're just we're not a highfalutin champagne. I admit it. <laughs> so. Um, the review goes, uh, listening to these two has me looking forward to going about my chores around the house. Again, most important demographic for us. That is, is people doing indeed. chores. Yep. <laughs> uh, I've been binging for a few weeks now, loving every minute of it. I've learnt so much lore in their background info section. That's you, McKelly. Ah, and you. sometimes gained a whole new perspective from their analyses. Their personalities shine through by way of friendly banter. The quality of each episode content has remained top notch. Well, thank you very much, B-Boy 2K11. I really yes. appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, finally, so just wanted to mention that we've mentioned our Discord server that we're that we've 
gotten up and running thanks to a, a, a listener that has taken the reins on that. But the invitation link to our Discord server is in every episode's show notes or the main podcast website. So if you're wanting okay. to join and you're not sure how, go to our show notes, go to the main podcast website. The link is in there. Great. Thanks. Although uh, that's not entirely true because I only started doing it in the past few episodes. So <laughs> like episode, I, I started from the beginning and have worked like through episode 10, adding it, but episodes like 11 through 70 something, nothing. So Gotcha. Understood. So concluding, um, Arya's heading north. Her spirit animal is out there, wild and free. Yes. I'm not, I'm not saying her spirit anim- animal necessarily is Nymeria. She is wild and free right now. Right, although she's yeah. not, but wild and sort of like very much in danger. Right. But, yes. but she she is um, honing her own skills. I mean, the things she learned from uh, oh, don't tell me I've forgotten his name, Sirio Forel. Yes, yes, Sirio. Sirio Forel. She's honing those skills because she's you know she's doing the water dancing moves to get out to oh, yeah. do a different water dance when she gets out. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She's she's. You know, she's chasing rabbits like chasing she rabbits. used to do with the cats. So, yeah. Yeah. Plus, she's but, doing a lot of riding and stuff. A lot of good, useful skills she's developing. One thing I will say is that there must be some suspicion as to her gender. I know, I believe she's 10 years old at this point, which she's, is young enough. She's 9 or to, 10. She was born in, yes, 10, she, in 289 and is 290. She will have her so. 10th birthday this year, yes. Yes, so at some point. Depending yes. on where it lies, yeah. That's young enough to keep up a roost for a few hours, maybe. But if you hang around with a nine or ten year old, I think it becomes apparent what their gender is. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it before, but yeah, I guess so. And she's got to be suspicious about going to the bathroom. Yeah, I guess she just has to hope that everyone is too occupied with all the chaos that nobody's really noticing details like this. Yeah. But it is nice to see that the relationship with the other recruits is softening. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're and it, they are really becoming a a group. You know, I mean, yeah. except for Rorg and Biter. But yeah, yeah, you don't want to be friends with them. No. I, also, I, I was struck by the fact that you know, I mean, a lot of this chapter is just sort of like ex, you know what she sees and witnesses the horrors of war coming home to her. I wonder if this could influence her thinking in the future. I, I remember reading once that um, survivors of the World War One trenches sort of like split into two main groups. Uh, half of them became quite pacifistic and sort of like fought against wars. You know, they were like, yeah, we should never right. do this again. Never want to but do the, this again. Nobody should ever but, be put through this type mindset. But the other half became more belligerent, more violent and sort of more prone to war. I mean, right. Hitler Hitler himself was a, a World War One veteran and he was in okay. the trenches. And okay. so he... Uh, he he was in the second camp, not the first. Oh, okay. Just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, fascinating insight there. Yeah, so I don't know how Arya will turn out. Maybe she'll become a violent monster for, because of the things she's seeing. Or maybe she will become a force for peace in the realm. Yes, uh, she she definitely has, like I, I've been saying, I've said it the very first thing that I said uh, after the summary is, she has a very different perspective from all the other POVs at the moment on Westeros. She's in the trenches, on boots on the ground, with the small folk, seeing all the ravages of war, while the rest are sitting around contemplating these, you know, highfalutin decision making or being highborn captives and still, you know, eating well and sleeping on beds and. You know, very different life than what Arya's got going on right here. Yeah. She's not quite in the thick of it yet, but she's certainly, she's heading that way. And she's certainly seeing some of the uh, worst things that war can throw up. So. Oh, yeah. 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 And Yorin is, uh, it feels like he's starting to crack a little bit here. Maybe it's the guilt over choosing land versus ship and endangering all these lives. But like I said, I got a feel for him. 30 years of routine is hard to break, especially when you're making the decision before you actually get into the situation and see how bad yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. yeah, yeah, but exactly. the trek is definitely getting scary and dangerous. And, uh, and now they've got a, they get to add a toddler to the situation. And one thing all parents know is that nothing makes travel more smooth than throwing a toddler into the mix. 
So should yeah, be smooth point. sailing with that. And just one last shout out to the villainy of Tywin Lannister for sending his cruelest lieutenants to do this to the Riverlands. You know, it's oh, just, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just, you're a monster, basically. There's no, there's no, no excuse for this. You're just oh, a yeah. monster. Yes, he's, he, he's getting exactly what he wanted, though. He wanted to reduce Rob's forces by causing the Bannermen to want to go protect their families and their lands. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. And but, he's... You, but you know what? You could do it more surgically. You know, you could send a smart group of clever people to cause damage that would draw the lords back to their homes without the rape and pillage that uh, Gregor Clegane would undertake. Maybe he figured Gregor Clegane would, would be up to such a task. He certainly is up to the task. He's just like, <laughs> he's going above and beyond what's needed. Yes, indeed. All right. As always, you can reach us at ghost.harrenhall at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at ghostharrenhall. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Discord. And if you like what we're doing, if you wouldn't mind going out and leaving us a five-star rate and or a fantastic review, we certainly would appreciate that. And hey, if you do leave us a review and we uh, like it, we might just read it here on our show. Love to. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.